once you see and understand value and non-value, you just can't look at anything the same again. If I walk into a factory or a restaurant, all I see is the value non-value. Welcome to Lean Made Simple, a podcast for people who want to transform their business and their lives one step at a time. My name is Ryan Tierney from a company called Seaton Matters in Limavati in Northern Ireland. I came across Lean eight and a half years ago and it totally transformed my life and my whole way of thinking. And I'm really excited to share this message with as many people as possible. My name is Matthew. I'm a podcast producer from Belfast who is, after meeting Ryan, slowly implementing Lean into this very strange digital space that we find ourselves in. And we're so excited to jump in. This is our first proper episode after the summit, Ryan. Yeah. And the title is a big one. Ryan says it's quite controversial, so I don't know what that means for the Lean world, but it's value versus non-value. So just before we jump into our three levels, Ryan, do you want to maybe share your definition of value? Yep. I think this is probably... the. the the first thing you need to understand if you're going to uh, start Lean or transform your, your company with Lean Thinking. And I missed this for the first three years. I was trying to do Lean and didn't really understand value and non-value. I, I've heard it and I've read it in books and I've watched it in videos, but I never really internalized it. And really value is anything the customer is willing to pay for. Uh, in a manufacturing setting, that is when the product is changing. You know, what is your cost customer actually willing to pay for? And I kind of had a penny-dropping moment in Japan when this really clicked with me. And I just realized that the way I was doing lean before was totally wrong. Mm. And once I found out about this concept of value versus non-value, everything changed. Oh, man, you're teasing us. What, was, what, what led to the penny-drop moment? What's the story? <laughs> Yep, so I was in Japan with Paul Akers, author of Two Second Lean. We had just been to Lexus. We visited the Lexus plant that day, and my, my head was spinning. It was a uh, really a crazy experience. But that evening, we were going for uh, some dinner, and we are walking through a big, large shopping mall in Nagoya in Japan. And there was a barber shop in the shopping mall. It was still open. And Paul Akers, we were sta- walking uh, together, and he stopped and he, he kind of grabbed me and he says, Ryan, look on that barber shop window and tell me when the value is being added. And I said, Paul, not sure what you mean. I don't understand the question. It must be, you know, is it from the minute you go in until you come out? And Paul was like, come on, let's go over close and look in the window. And I still remember myself and Paul Akers and the rest of the group were kind of standing back and we were standing looking in the window of this barber shop window. And Paul said, value is only created when the product is changing. Mm. So when the barber is actually cutting the customer's hair, it's value. And everything else, whether we like it or not, is non-value added activity. So paying for the haircut, non-value. Queuing up for the haircut, non-value. Deciding which haircut you want, (laughs) non-value. When the barber has to clean up at the end, non-value. All these non-value added activities are surrounding us all the time. But the only point at which we're adding value is when the barber is actually changing, physically changing the product. Wow. And as soon as I got that, I thought back to our company and I thought, this is crazy. We have so much non-value. We have enough potential to improve for the next 100 years. (laughs) Yeah. And in your barbershop example, the interesting thing is that if you were to kind of write out all the processes involved, 
the actual cutting of the hair is like a fraction of the time. Yeah, it is. And once you see and understand value and non-value, you just can't look at anything the same again. Mm. We always talk about having waste goggles on. If I walk into a factory or a restaurant or a shop, I, all I see is the value, non-value. Yeah. It's just the way I think and it's the way we think at our company. Yeah. So the key to lean is very simple and it's just one line. All we want to do as a lean organization is reduce the non-value added activity as much as we can. Mm. It's not to increase the value, it's to reduce the non-value. Because if 95% of everything we do is non-value and only 5% is value, we can spend the rest of our life trying to make this 5% four and a half, but we can make the 95, 85. Yes. And the one is massive if you do that. So your biggest opportunity for improvement is actually to eliminate the non-value rather than trying to speed up the value. Exactly. Really interesting. Can you share one more story before we we get going? Because this is something we talk about a lot internally as a team. I think it's Donna in Seton Matters. Yes. Uh, cutting stuff. Can you yeah. share that example? Because that was really, really clear. And also, it's it's like the the the, hair, the barber story. It's also cutting things, which is weird. But yeah, uh, that's right. So it's uh, it's something we show on the tour when we do lean made simple tour uh, at Satan Matters. The first place we go to is a cutting area where we cut the fabric for for our product. So it's one of the best ways we have found to describe value and non-value. So if we understand that value value is only created when the product is changing, well, then it's only at that point where the knife is actually moving through the fabric as value. So when we do a tour, we're all standing around the, the big cutting area, and I'm standing there saying, non-value, non-value, value. <laughs> so I shout value whenever the blade touches the material. And it just sends a message to every single person on the tour that there is so much non-value in everything we do. Yes. So when Donna goes to get the next role, it's non-value. When she's lifting her templates, non-value. When she's wondering which chair to do next, non-value. When she's looking for her tools, non-value. When she opens the drawer to get her tape measure, non-value, 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 non-value. And then when she cuts, it's value. Yeah. So it's one of those points in the, the tour where everybody really internalizes and you see everybody's head nodding and they're yeah. like, ah, that's, that's what you mean. Yeah. You yeah. know, when you see the knife moving through the fabric is value, Everything else is waste. Mm -hmm. And I'll I'll talk a little bit later in level two about how we've started to think about this with podcasts because that Donna example has just changed so much about everything we do. But okay, so our three levels. First level is personal. Second level is organizational. And the third level is when we get real lofty and talk about how this concept of value versus non-value could change the world. But if we start kind of on the ground floor, the first level, how can we apply this to our personal lives? Yep, well, we're doing it all the time, every day, every minute of the day, we're either adding value or we're not. And sometimes it's a bit hard to hear that, <laughs> but it, but it's the truth and it's the way it is. Uh, a good example, a recent example, last week, we had a painter, his name's Bob, he listens to the podcast, so shout out to Bob. So Bob came to Seat Matters to do a bit of painting for us, and we call Bob the lean painter. Ooh. Lean, uh, uh, Bob pulls up in his van, he's got a trolley with all his paintbrushes, He's got his dust sheets. He's got his screwdriver for opening the lid. He's got all the stuff on a trolley. He wheels the trolley out of the back of his van. And within 10, 12 minutes, he's adding value. So if value is only when the product is changing, when the paint is being applied to the wall is value. Mm. 
looking for the paint, non-value, deciding which paintbrush to do, non-value, putting out your dust sheets, non-value, masking off the door so it doesn't get sparked, non-value. Value is only when the product is changing. So when Bob is applying that paint on the wall, <laughs> value, everything else, whether we like it or not, is non-value. And, and has the potential for loads of improvements. So funny. It took me about three months to paint our house whenever we bought it. And it was most of the time was spent in the non-value stuff. Yeah. Oh, I spilled the paint and now I have to clean up the paint here yeah. and I have to chip away the stuff on the, the skirting boards. Really, really interesting. We're kind of moving here anyway. Level two, organizational. How, can, how do you see this kind of principle of value, non-value being played out? in the business realm, in the organizational level? Yeah, good, good question. I think the first thing is to define who the customer is. Mm-hmm. So in seating matters, if we think about who the customer is, the customer may be the patient or is the patient who is sitting in the chair. So they've placed an order for a chair. And what does the customer expect to get from this process? So they want the chair that's welded. They want the chair that's good quality. They want the chair that's been sewn. They want the frame to be powder coated so it doesn't rust. They want the wheels to be screwed on tight. They want the the immersion into the foam. So they want it to be soft. They want the, so they're willing to pay for upholstery. They're willing to pay for it to be cut, to be welded, to be package there's certain things that the customer is willing to pay for and there's certain things that they're not willing to pay for is the customer willing to pay us to clean up the factory no they're not <laughs> they're absolutely not they're paying for value which is a which is a product so we need to clean the factory as efficiently as we can mm. is the customer willing for us to sit in a two or three hour meeting about accounts or about finances about the direction of the business not really. They want the chair. They're willing to pay for the chair. So how do we do all that other stuff as efficiently as possible? Wow. So it's defining who the customer is, first of all. So then somebody listening to this will say, oh, but I'm an accountant or I'm in marketing. Does that mean that the cost that I'm non-value? <laughs> My whole job is non-value. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's not because define who the customer is. So I always use Kerry on accounts. Uh, Kerry could be listening to this thinking, but I don't weld, I don't cut, I don't upholster. So is my whole job non-value? Is the customer not willing to pay for what I do? Technically, the customer isn't, but me and Jonathan and Martin as the business owners mm-hmm. are prepared to pay Kerry to do accounts. Right. So when we see Kerry on her computer on stage, she's doing accounts, she's doing transactions on the bank, we're like, good value. This is value. Yeah. We're willing to pay Kerry to do this. Yeah. But when Kerry is searching for her three or files or she's not sure she's waiting on information, that's all non-value. So it's defining who the customer is. And that, that is the key to this whole thing. That's actually yeah. a massive penny drop moment for me just now is realizing yeah. that, yeah, the customer of those non-value tasks is actually seating matters as a business. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. So we think we always think of the customer as the end customer who is sitting in the chair, mm-hmm. the the person who is purchasing the product, and and it is, but there's also internal customers, internal and external. So is your internal customer willing to pay for what you're doing right now? Uh-huh. And if not, that's the potential for improvement. Okay, so take that kind of a, a the first thing I want to say is like 
I view Seat Matters as the most efficient place on the planet. And after you saying that, I'm now sitting here, I'm like, oh, Ryan's right. 90% of it is waste. <laughs> Do you right. know what I mean? Yep. Because the stuff that's yep. not directly connected to the chair, it, uh, that is a mind-blowing concept to begin with. So there's almost like three levels within the organizational level where uh, it's like you have Donna <clears throat> at her station and there's lots of value, non-value there. Yeah. And then there is the whole production system of the chairs. There's a lot of value, non-value there. And then the the big kind of umbrella, like you said, finance, cleaning, the organization as a whole, there's there's non-value, non there's value, non-value there. Yeah. What about where does the product go after Donna's finished with it? This idea of internal, external customers. Is Donna serving the next person in the production process, if that makes sense? Exactly that. So the next process after cutting is sewing. Okay. So Donna's internal customer is the sewing department. Right. So, and it's back to Toyota. We learned all this from Toyota. Toyota treat their internal customer as if it, as if they're a paying customer. So you want to present this product to the next person in the best possible way as if they're a paying customer. Wow. So Beverly and the sewing department wants the cut parts to be presented in a certain way in the order that she needs them. She doesn't want to fumble through and look for all her stuff. She wants it presented by her internal supplier in the mm. correct way. Oh my goodness. So all we're doing is serving the customer, be it internal or external. Mm. Yeah. Crazy. On another level, this has just came to me. So you've got Donna cutting, you've got Kerry and accounts adding value. But somebody asked us recently on a tour, uh, so you, Ryan, and Martin and Jonathan, as the owners of the company, Technically, your whole job is non-value then. <laughs> no, because I don't cut, I don't weld, Jonathan doesn't weld, Martin doesn't do accounts. We don't really do any day-to-day -day operations. So is our entire job non-value? And the answer is no, it's not. It's actually very valuable. So who is our that's customer? That's, that's encouraging to know that you have value <laughs> within your own organization. <laughs> I'm sure you guys were relieved to hear that. <laughs> that's right. So where is value for us? When me, Martin and Jonathan are sitting in a meeting, planning the direction of the business, we're deciding on the vision, we're deciding we're going to go this direction, this is our next market, this is our next product. When we're in those planning meetings, that's value. Mm. That's 100% value. And something that I had, this is actually a, an improvement I had for about three months in the steering wheel of my vehicle. For about three months, I had a sticker saying, is what I'm doing right now adding value? Wow. Is what I'm doing right now adding value? So when I was driving, I was like, am I adding value? Well, I'm driving to the shop to get something that there should have been a Kanban card for. So this isn't value. That should have been systemized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If my value is growing the business, being strategic about the next market, mm -hmm. what's the next product, that's when I'm adding value. When we're in those meetings or deciding on them things, that's value. Yeah. Because our customers are the end customers, but also the people that work for us. Wow. Everybody in the company is our customer. We have to provide employment. We have to provide a workplace where, where they can thrive and grow. So we have a duty to all those people to add value. Mm. So that's when we're adding value. Really, really interesting. Yeah. Guys, what about for podcasts? Like, I'll come to you in a second. Think about maybe some of the, the value, non-value stuff that you guys have implemented recently. Back to Donna's example, after seeing that at the very first Seat and Matters tour, the first time we went up, I remember driving back in the car and just like, my, I felt like 
I'll never be able to see the world uh, the yeah. same way ever again. Yeah. So, okay, like when is our, our product changing? Okay, our product is changing is whenever we're recording this episode. Yeah. So as soon as the red light goes on, that's when value's being added. Everything up until that moment, setting up the room, making sure everything's right, changing all the camera angles, it's all non-value. Yeah. And then, okay, then the next bit is after the episode's finished, the next time value is being added is whenever we are actively editing the episode. Yes. So taking all the files off the hard drive, non-value. Loading yeah. it into the computer, non-value. Getting everything lined up and perfectly and organized and labeled and folders made and file structures, it's all non-value. Yeah. And then that is, that's just totally blown our minds because we're like, whoa, like probably 80% of our production process is yeah. non-value. That's right. It, it is. It's yeah. scary. Yeah. <laughs> but also exciting because we're like wow we can we can do a lot of ways to, to speed this up yeah guys value non-value go work go personal go anywhere you want yeah so Ryan what you were what you were saying there about the um, the internal customers that's changed the way I'm thinking about what I'm doing um, just there listening to you because if I look at the clock we've been here what an hour and a half Roska something like that um, what value have we actually provided? Have we changed the product? No, we haven't. What have I done this morning? Well, I've kind of taped down a load of cables, got them out of the way, myself and Roscoe before we recorded. We got the water sorted. We got the coffee sorted. We got the cameras set up, audio levels checked. Um, and if I now reframe that to we're providing value to the two of you, who are the internal customers, mm. to allow the kind of, a lot less friction for you in providing value to the listener of the podcast. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I suppose that shift of perspective is quite nice. <laughs> I love that. Really, really cool. Yeah, yeah. Daniel, do you want to just share really quick about what we were working on yesterday? Because another area where the product is changing is whenever we are actively uploading it. Well, it's, I, I'm kind of stuck on this, but I don't know if the process of uploading it is adding value, but the point where the customer is watching it so clicking on the Spotify, that's whenever value is being added. So the whole scheduling process, how we upload episodes, how we connect it with YouTube, all this sort of stuff is non-value in a way. Yeah. And so we've been trying to speed that up. Do you want to share how we've been doing that? Well, first of all, whenever we first got the uh, process sorted out, once again, it was taking about an hour or so. It was like we could just tell that there was something that we could definitely shorten here. And so what we've done is that we've gone and created uh, we copy and paste buttons for each individual thing. Like, for example, we have the title of the podcast. We have a copy button for that. And then uh, description, copy, then the folders, copy, and all, like, so on and so on forth. And then we have a own paste button, which uh, once we um, go onto the form, we can just go paste, 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 yeah, paste yeah. over and over again without any other delays of having to go back and forth and back and forth. Just do it all at one go with that one piece flow which is yeah. just, it's satisfying, like really satisfying. <laughs> but <laughs> it's just saves so much more time. So, yeah. Awesome. Anything else before we move on to the third level, Ryan? Uh, actually, an interesting story is last week after the summit. So the summit was on Monday and Tuesday. On the Wednesday, uh, Mr. Amazawa, uh, former vice president of Lexus, and Mr. Umamura, uh, uh, president of a tier one supplier to Toyota, uh, came and visited us and they spent a full day in our factory full day at St. Matters wow. 8 o'clock in the morning to I think they didn't leave till like 6 o'clock in the evening oh proper full day Pro then. proper full day Wow. and they went around our factory and we'd been doing lean for 8 and a half years 
they went round and absolutely changed my whole way of thinking on value and non-value to the point that we're reorganizing the entire factory. The summit's only been two weeks away, two weeks away and we're changing everything. Um, they identified, and I didn't see it. It's crazy how there's all these different levels and the more you get into it, the more you see it. Mm. But they were looking at the one particular product that we lift 11 times from we manufacture to it goes onto the chair. They suggested an improvement that takes that down to two. <laughs> so we have 130 of these products and we're lifting every one 11, uh, roughly 10 or 11 times from we made it until it made its way onto the, the finished product. So we're going to reduce the non-value massively. Wow. And this is after eight years of doing this every single day. There's absolutely massive wins out there still. Yeah. Uh, it's just a never-ending journey. It's yeah. so exciting. And this is why your job as a leader and as an owner is to serve your customers, so the end user of your product, but also your team. Yeah. And you talked earlier about waste goggles. And one maybe way of putting it is your job as a leader is to increase the accuracy of your waste goggles as much as you possibly can yes and that's just something that uh, the pennies can't drop with me even just saying that where that's why all of the lean maniacs at the summit that's why they were there that's yeah. why they do factory tours that's why they fly around the world because you know there's there'd be times where i'm like why on earth is brad cairns flying over there why is philippe going to help him with his glue like you know I, d I don't understand like it's a lot of lot of time to go and see these places but it's because yes they want to help and also they're level upping their waste goggles yes. so they can go back to their own organizations and see it in a totally different way like those Japanese guys did. Exactly. Mental. I heard a really good line lately. It said, most companies punish their customers for their inefficiencies. <laughs> and you see it all the time. There's price increases. Every time you, you open the post, there's another price increase letter. Mm. What companies are doing are saying, we're so inefficient, our costs are going up, so we're passing all that on to you. Wow. And really, the what every company should try and challenge themselves to do is to look internally and identify that, hold on a minute, 95% of everything we do is waste. Mm. If we only reduced that by 20%, we wouldn't have to pass on them inefficiencies to our customer. Yeah. They're actually punishing the customer. Crazy. You know. So moving into this third level then, right? How does value and non-value, how does it have the potential to, to impact wider society and if you really want to go for it, how can this principle change the world? First of all, it definitely can. And, and it's so simple. And that's what I love about Lean Made Simple. This one podcast has the potential to change somebody's business. Mm. It really has. I wish we had a platform like this. <laughs> when we were starting off on our lean journey, somebody talking really simply and, and spelling these concepts out in such a simple way. So if we talk about the cutting area, we get that when we're adding value at the cutting area. We talk about... Uh, the, the next level up or, uh, organizational. But now we're thinking, when am I adding value on a bigger level? So just speaking for myself, I am really passionate about lean. Mm. I love sharing this message. I love sharing it in a simple way. I love inspiring other people to transform their companies. So when I'm doing a podcast like this, I feel I'm adding value. Mm. When I'm organizing the lean summit, I feel really good because I'm adding value. When I'm working on the book, but the, my book's coming out next year, I'm adding value. When I'm hosting a Lean Made Simple Tour, I don't do them all, but sometimes I get to host them myself. I'm adding value. I just love connecting with people that are into Lean and they're, they're really passionate about it. And I feel like I'm contributing mm. and helping. So it's about purposeful work 
defining what is your purpose what are you really good at and what do you want to do and go and do that mm. and when you're in that space it's a really good feeling because you feel valuable mm-hmm. and that that's value for me that's value really interesting I, this isn't this maybe moving a step backwards but i just need to get out of my system you've also helped me so this is back to you mark like the value i bring to this organization and this product is yeah. hosting podcast interviews and high level editorial decisions mm-hmm. i'm terrible at the practical stuff like ask me to wire a camera ask me to make a cable look it would take me 10 hours to do it yeah but mark's brilliant at that yeah and so it's playing to your own values as well is really mm-hmm. important and exactly. then what else i loved about what you said is it's actually aligning your values what you care about deeply as a person, what gives you meaning, what dent do you want to make in the universe yeah. with the activity that you actually turn your hand to. That's exactly. powerful. Yeah. Even thinking as a parent, as a mother, as a father, if your purpose in life is to do the best for your children, when you're sitting doing your home, their homework, you're helping them with their homework, value. Mm. You're taking them to the cinema or taking them to the park at the weekend, value. When you're mm. spending time with them, value. When you're challenging them on something or trying to steer them or educate them or value, this is all value. So when you're doing purposeful work, to me, that's value. And that's the highest form that you can work at. Mm-hmm. And that's where we where we should all be, be heading. Can you give an example of non-value in parenting? Non-value in parenting. So if we think about value in manufacturing is when the product is changing. Mm-hmm. So if we use that same concept in parenting, when is the children's ideas or their brains changing? When are you making them think? When are you challenging them? At what point are they developing or growing or learning or understanding something at a deeper level? Mm-hmm. So anytime you're doing that, you're adding value. Anytime you're not doing that is, is non-value added activity. Mm-hmm. So ironing their uniforms, <laughs> d- doing the washing, Cleaning the house when they're away to bed. Yeah. Um, all the the tasks that we do around the house are yeah. technically non-value. Yes, they're necessary, but if we can do it quicker and more efficiently, mm-hmm. let's let's figure it away. Let's do it because the only value you're adding is when you're spending time with them, you're helping them, yeah. you're coaching them, you're changing when the product is changing, yeah. when the child's brain or mind or thinking is changing. That's value. Mm-hmm. Everything else over over here is non-value. I'm going to say something. This is quite controversial, so we we may end up cutting it, but it just came into my head. There's a guy I love called Seth Godin. Yeah. Great thought leader. And he has this amazing thing. He's been super successful, written who knows how many <coughs> New York Times bestselling books, et cetera, et cetera. And people always ask him, how do you get so much stuff done? And he says he made a decision not to watch any form of television because he said it didn't, in this context of this conversation, it didn't add value to the work that he wanted to leave for the world. Yeah, And he says that one decision frees up a hundred hours a month <laughs> for him to uh-huh. focus more on value. Yeah, And so that's not like a judgment statement, but it just was an interesting thing that came in my head where I'm like, wow, like, can you imagine if all of us as a people started to really look and, cho- and kind of chop away at the non-value activities in our life? Yeah. How, how the world and society at large would, would change. Exactly. I remember Paul Aker saying a way back when I first came across him, he said, I've done more in 10 lifetimes than most people do in one. 
And I, I get that now. I, I know what he meant. Yeah. And I know what he means because he is just stripping out all this non-value. He doesn't work with people he doesn't want to work with. He doesn't work with customers that are n- not his uh, defined customer. He's not working with a supplier that isn't in line with what he's doing. He's stripping all the non-value and continues to out of his life mm. to increase the value. Mm-hmm. And that's what we should all be doing, trying to get three or four or ten lifetimes in this one lifetime. Yeah. And it's interesting if you look on the global stage, you know, there are countries that are better at this principle than others. Yeah. And it's interesting <coughs> to see how that will even play out for us. And we have a responsibility. We talk a lot about Northern Ireland. You know, how exciting would it be if, if we make we start to strip away a lot of the non-value in Northern Ireland. Yeah, you know, exactly. Fighting about religion, mm-hmm. inefficiencies in big government processes. There's yeah. a lot of non-value that could release the the human potential that this part of the world has. There is, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Awesome. So for people who have listened and watched to this point and they're looking to get started, where is a an easy jumping off point for them to start applying this principle to their lives? I think people are going to have more questions maybe than, than answers after this podcast mm. because it took me a long time to get my head around it. Value, what's value and what's non-value? And you kind of look at every process and you're thinking, is this value or is this not? The best way is to physically see it. One of the things you can do is go onto the Lean Made Simple YouTube channel. We have a really good video there to describe uh, Donna's process that you mentioned. So that one video alone will help to... Um, uh, steer your thinking on what's value and what's non-value. Uh, l- l- look at videos, um, listen to this podcast a couple of times and really try and internalize what we're saying here because it's so powerful and it's so simple. Mm. If you don't mind, I also would make the the offer that if anyone has any questions, we'll put a link. Where's my camera? <laughs> Where's my value? Uh, we'll put a link to... <laughs> We'll, we'll put a voice message link that if you would like to submit a question, uh, we've talked about doing a Q&A episode idea, and maybe yeah. if there is going to be a lot of questions, uh, that would be a great way to collect some of those questions and we can answer them uh, in, a, in a future episode in yeah. not too long a time. Yeah, amazing. Awesome. Ryan, thank you so much. This has been really, really insightful. Thank you so much for listening and watching. And like we always say, you know, Ryan's kind of already alluded to it. It's easy when you see this thing in real life. Um, I describe seat matters as like a, a living metaphor for lean where you can actually go and you can see a lot of these principles and concepts played out. You know, we're not in the fabric business, we're in the podcast business, but it's seeing Donna do her thing in real life that allows me to view my business differently. So if you haven't already or if you are in need of some more inspiration, if you've already been, would highly recommend heading to Atur with Seaton Matters. You can uh, check that out. There's a link in the description of this episode for you to book a tour with yourself, your team members, your family. I was talking to a guy recently and he's been following some of the con. He says, you know, it's my son's turning 18. I might just go and, and do a factory tour with him because I think he would really benefit from it. I'm yeah. like, yeah, absolutely. Why not? This is funny. Yesterday we had a tour, uh, a couple from Germany came and it was the, the, the husband give his wife a lean made simple tour for her birthday uh, <laughs> honestly they, they flew into Dublin on Monday evening came for the tour on Tuesday and, and left again that was her birthday present Class. <laughs> I'm just thinking out loud I mean you guys probably do but it would be awesome if we can put together um, if people are flying in like a kind of three day five day Northern Ireland itinerary if they wanted yeah. to kind of make a trip of it as well that would mm-hmm. be really fun Yeah, but we'll talk more about that later awesome Daniel Mark really appreciate you 
Ryan, thank you for today. And thank you so much once again for listening and watching. And we look forward to sharing another one with you very, very soon. Cheers. Thanks very much.